Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Greg Murchison from Fort Fairfield, Maine. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Thank you, Angel. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Greg, you experienced healing uh, this past summer at Whited Bible Camp at Bridgewater, Maine. And I wanted you to share your story today with the listeners. Thank you. Yes, I did. Uh, I was at the Bible Camp in August, 1st of August, and to give a little history, um, I was diagnosed uh, diabetic when I was 25. Um, I am now 68 years of age. And through the years, I went from pills to um, shots, and at the uh, up until August of this year, I was taking five insulin shots a day, uh, shots prolonged-acting insulin and shots before meals. And I attended the camp uh, a night service, and uh, the uh, reverend that night was preaching, and before he started, he said that somebody was going to... Uh, in the crowd today, preach tonight, preach about uh, for him to heal him of his diabetes. And as the sermon ended, we all go up front for prayer or to give prayer. Some of us pray for people and some of us receive prayer. And he walked over to me and uh, put my hand on his head and he says, uh, Brother, I want you to pray the diabetes out of my body. And I prayed for him, uh, specifically for diabetes and God healed me. Um, I found out the next day as I checked my sugar that my sugar was fine, so I didn't have to take insulin that day. And it went to another day. I went to the doctor. I've been to the doctor twice, and there's no signs of diabetes. Uh, I haven't had to have anything. So God is a God of healing. Miracles do happen, and I was fortunate enough to experience one. Praise God. You know, God's word says in Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and he healeth thee. And, you know, Greg, I like to believe these scriptures. And for anyone today that is going through a difficult time that maybe is um, hanging on, saying, is God, can God heal me? Yes, God is Christ the healer, is he not? He is the healer. He is. The key is, is to believe. And today's culture teaches us that uh, if, if you can't see it, if you can't touch it, it's hard to believe it. But through faith and by His grace, we are healed. And faith is what we're lacking today. And faith is what uh, is available to us through um, our great Creator and our, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, too. And so we have to look at, um, uh, go beyond what we can't see or here in the natural and go to the spiritual realm. And that's where healing will occur. If we believe, we will be healed. Greg, I do um, believe and have experienced and have prayed for people to be healed that received healing. What I find interesting is that uh, preacher had asked you to pray for him for the same issue that you would be healed of. I know. And I just uh, thank God for the healing. But I did pray for his diabetes. Um, I did not pray for mine. So I have to say to myself that God listened to my prayer for him and said in his own way, how about you? And uh, I received it. Um, 
and every day uh, before and after the healing, I praise God for everything in my life. Uh, without Him, um, life is pretty tough. And we look at uh, things uh, in, in the realm today that say that, uh, do I need Jesus? Do I need God? And uh, God touched my life at age 63, touched my heart, and I gave my uh, life to Jesus. I accepted him as Lord and Savior. I, they call it being born again. I, I was baptized and uh, gave all of my troubles to him. I laid it all at the cross. And we have to understand that um, this is something that if you experience it, you'll say, why didn't I do that before? Why didn't I take that step? Uh, you know, what kept me back? I don't know what kept me back, uh, but I do know that when it did happen, uh, I thank him every day for that uh, gift that was given to me, the gift of salvation. And we look at that and, and try to explain to people um, how happy we can be. Uh, I've had people look at me and say, all you do is smile. Well, with Jesus in your life, you should smile every day. Uh, you should know that this is another day that he's given us, uh, that his Father has given us, and through Jesus Christ, uh, that is our way to the Father, and life is easier. Lay it on it. Give it to him. Give him your stresses and your worries and all of that. Let him handle it. Um, you have somebody. The biggest challenge today is to realize that there is a God out there. It's not a challenge when you realize it, but we have to make sure the secular world doesn't take over our mind and let the spiritual world have a little place in it too. You said a key word, believe. You know, the Bible says once we pray, we must believe, and then we will receive. You know, it's easy sometimes to pray, but it's difficult to stay in faith believing until you receive. And I like the scripture that says, um, in everything give thanks. So some healings are instantaneously, some happen very quickly, and then some is a journey. Um, I don't understand it all, don't even pretend to, but I know that Christ is a healer. I have seen it, I've witnessed it. I know that what you've experienced and what you've shared uh, with me, uh, Greg, is real. And you've had people look at you and see the difference and know the difference and they struggle to believe. Yes. And that is the struggle today is, is believing because we're taught um, not to believe because it doesn't, you can't see it. If you can't see it, you can't believe it. But we have to understand that when we do pray, uh, the term that you'll hear sometimes is we have to pray it through. And what does that mean? Well, a lot of times you'll have a, somebody has a illness or a tragedy and people all get together and they have a group prayer and the churches will get together and pray. And what they're doing is they're praying through. Uh, can God heal you instantly? Yes. Yes, he can. Uh, sometimes it takes a little bit. Why? That's not for us to answer. Uh, we look at today everything we want as I said instantaneous we we ask for something we want it now but God is on his clock and not ours 
his timing and not our timing. So as we look at that, um, we have to understand that praying through something, yes, you may pray again for the same thing. You may pray, as you said, in a hospital for a loved one or a friend or even somebody you don't even know that they've asked you to come and pray for them or the family has. You pray it through. And sometimes you'll, you'll hear the term mentioned that uh, prayer is, is like tears to God. And he brings those tears, he looks at those tears, and uh, I had one, as I was reading one um, uh, article from a theologian, he, he said that uh, every prayer has a cup, and as you pray, the tears go in the cup. And as that cup overflows, God gives you the answer. He answers your prayer. Uh, I don't know if that's right or wrong, I just know that... Uh, He's answered my prayers, and I've seen him answer other people's prayers. And we just have to continue to have that faith. Faith is something that uh, is not hard to keep. Sometimes it's hard to get because you make it hard. It's not hard to get either if you open up your heart, but it's to believe that by faith all things can happen. And I believe that, and I think that's a message that we need to have people understand that uh, it's available to all. It's not available to just a few. So prayers, I would say this, when you're praying for somebody, it doesn't look there's, like there's an answer, keep praying. Pray it through because God will answer. Amen. Well, we know in Psalm 103, he says, Bless, praise the Lord, O my soul, and, for, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each one of our diseases. You know, um, I think my favorite scripture in the whole Bible, and or one of my favorite scriptures, is Psalm 107.20 that said, He sent His word and He healeth me. And, Craig, we both know that God's word does not return void. That's right. Now, I also know that you carry a gift of a, as an evangelist. And talk to me today about what you're seeing and, and what you believe the Great Commission. Yes. The Great Commission, very, very simple. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus asked us all to go out and make to all the nations and make disciples of all the people, to spread the good news of the gospel. And as Christians, that's a commandment that he made to us that most of us don't follow. Um, my calling and vision uh, is evangelism. And I look at it as people need to know um, what Christ did for us. People need to know what God did for us uh, with Christ. I mean, we looked at, in the Old Testament, under the law, um, it was almost impossible to, well, you couldn't get to God. God could not be with sin. And uh, all of us have sinned. And our sacrifices back then with the animal sacrifices and walk into the holiest of holies, holies and so forth, all it did was cover sin. It covered it. And people walked away from God. Uh, they cursed God. And through all of that, His love, which we call agape love, the love of God, surpasses all love. His love was so great for us because he created us 
that he found a way that we could be with him. And the way is Jesus Christ, his son. So in John 3.16, it says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to him, and relies on him, shall not perish, but, but have eternal or everlasting life. He didn't send his son into the world to judge, but these, that, that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. So he gave up his only son for us, a son that came to this earth, a son that knew why he came, a son that willingly went to the cross to be nailed to that cross, to go through, th through things that we can't even imagine. But he didn't cover our sin at the cross. He washed away our sin. He washed away the past, the present, and future sin. Some people get confused and they'll say, well, I, you know, I, I sinned and I, I sinned again and he just can't uh, forgive me this time. He washed away all of our sins, past, present, and future. And through the Great Commission, he's asked us to tell people about this, tell about his coming to earth, Tell it about what he'd done at the cross. Tell people about him being buried and rising again, being resur resurrected, resurrected, and about he's living in us through the Holy Spirit. The Comforter, as Jesus called it, is inside of us. He's there every day. And that's what the Great Commission says to us. Let's tell people. Let's let them know. Now, as we look at that, the sad thing is that 95% of us as professed Christians, will not spread the gospel. They will not spread the good news. Uh, does that make them bad people? No. But it's just some people are intimidated. Some say, well, that's somebody else's job. Some say, I'm not an evangelist. Well, you're not an evangelist uh, if, if that's not one of your fivefold ministries. But we're not asking you to be an evangelist. In the Great Commission, we're asking you to do what God asked you, what Jesus asked you to do, and that was to spread the good news. Now, how do you do that? Um, you can be an evangelist. You also can be a pastor. You also can be a teacher. You also can be a mentor. You can be a servant and serve and help. And what we have to understand is we're not saving people. We're spreading the good news. We're planting the seed, the seed that... Somebody else might water. Um, somebody else might come in and mentor that person, help that person answer their questions. And God will soften their heart and bring them to Christ. We are just the ones, the, the vessel that presents the gospel. Our responsibility does, goes, does not have to go beyond that. Uh, certainly we will be mentoring in things, but we don't have to feel guilty if somebody doesn't receive it. We just have to present it. And I look at today... We have to understand that um, there's all kinds of lists in the world. I use lists that things can be on. They can be on one thing or the other, and sometimes those lists can't be changed. That's the way things are. But I put in my head, there's a, I have a list of saved, and I have a list of unsaved. That's a list that we can change. Now that unsaved list might be your sons, your daughters, your spouse, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. And as Christians, 
95% of us will not take anybody off that unsaved list and put them on the saved list by telling them about Jesus Christ. That's something that we need to present out there to people that now is the time. Now is the time to take people off that lost or unsaved list and put them on the saved list. And we can do that. We can do that so easy. We can do that one at a time. They do have the big revivals. Uh, yes, certainly. Uh, Dr. Billy Graham brought millions, if not billions, to Christ. But we can bring them one at a time, too. We can bring them at the workplace, at the home, at the dinner table. We can bring them at the doctor's office, the grocery store. We don't have to be any place special to spread the gospel, to start telling people about Jesus Christ. And I would like to see that 95% go the other way. 95% do present the gospel and 5% don't. Uh, that's a little optimistic maybe. That's a little out there. But you know what? If you believe, God can do anything. And He can change hearts and He can change minds. And I just want to let people know that there is a Savior out there. His name is Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we are to tell people that. We are to present that every day. We are to look at people through the eyes of Jesus. And that will make life better for us and make a difference in other people's lives. Amen. Well, Greg, I was at Whited Bible Camp uh, prior to the Healing Waters Conference. And when you shared what you did, I, I, I wrote this called Tell Them. I remember just lying prostrate on my face before the Lord in the prayer room and just asking God, what do you want me to say to the people? And I penned this. Tell them that I love them. Tell them they are mine. Tell them I will never leave them nor forsake them. Tell them they are precious gems. Tell them I see them as perfect. Tell them they reflect my image. Tell them not to look back. Tell them to look straight ahead. Tell them I laid out the red carpet for them. My blood, it was enough. Tell them, tell them, and tell them again. And I just put at the bottom of that, now is the time to share your faith. Now is the time to go tell them. The world is pulling them in so many directions. And even within the churches, sometimes you just don't feel like um, you fit or you belong. But we belong because of the blood the precious blood of Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We could never be good enough to receive it. But because he paid the price, he said, it is finished and it was enough. Amen. Amen. And you're right. And Christianity in the world today and in the United States, uh, it's, it's interesting to know that Christianity in the world today is increasing. Um, Christianity in the United States today is decreasing. But that is changing. The, the, we are getting into what some of us will call the harvest, getting ready, uh, and Jesus is coming. But it is increasing, it's starting to increase. But what we have to do is go to the churches too. Um, all churches today, uh, I love research, I love to look into whys and why nots. And uh, most churches today, evangelism is dead. Uh, it's put off into the back corner. Uh, even our pastors today are worried about being politically correct. And uh, you can, there's no such thing as being politically correct when you're discussing or preaching or teaching the, the Bible, God's Word. 
is truth. There is no lie there. And so, and we look at that, we have to sit back and, and tell ourselves that, listen, yes, there are things in the world that aren't right, but things in the world are always going to be not right. But the word is always going to be right. So we have to preach it. We have to teach it. And we have to go back to our churches and say evangelism isn't dead. Uh, I read one article where it said in today's churches, a good majority of churches are known for what they're against, not what they're for. I'll say that again. They're known for what they're against, not what they're for. We need to begin, start to begin, be known for what we're for. We're for God. We're for love, we're for Jesus Christ, we're for salvation for all. And when we forget about what we're against, just throw that away. Uh, the Word will tell people what we should be against and what we should be for. Uh, the Ten Commandments tell us that. But in churches, we need to be a churches of love. We need to be churches of acceptance. Uh, when somebody walks into a church new, um, a lot of churches do a great job, but People walk in, my question is to the, to the churches, are they greeted? Uh, do you have a ministry that works with people as they come in, the, the unsaved or the, the new members? Uh, do you find out um, what are their wants and needs? Why did they come to church? Why did they come to your church? Uh, do you present them to them in a way that they feel welcome? Uh, so many times they come in and sit in the back row, they sit for three or four weeks, an occasional person shakes their hand and says good morning, but they feel like they're the fifth wheel. And three weeks later, they don't show up. And if you ever ask the question, where's so-and-so, the answer is, I don't know. We need to stop that today. We can stop that very, very easy. We have to show the love of Jesus Christ to everybody that steps in there. We don't, we don't start deciding who we talk to and who we don't. We don't decide whether or not they're worthy of our uh, kindness and love. We just present ourselves to them, and we integrate them into the church. I always said that uh, we find something for them to do. Everybody wants to be feel like they belong, and they want to be involved. And today, uh, with evangelism, it involves everything. All your five-fold ministries work into evangelism, and we need to know that... Uh, if we use those, and we use the teachers and the servants and the mentors and the pastors and the healers and the prophets, we will keep people in the churches. We will get them. And then we can, as we give them the mentoring, they can go out. Here's the key. As they learn and they're taught and they accept, they will go to teach and present to somebody else. It's, it's an effect that keeps multiplying. Uh, but if we don't take that first step and uh, rise up other people, we're just bringing in one. But if we rise them up, we're bringing in many. Amen. Well, Greg, I always like to end the broadcast with prayer. But I also uh, want you to, if someone would like to have you come to their church to talk about your healing, about the Great Commission, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, yes. Thank you, Angel. Um, I do um, talk at other churches, I uh, do preach, and sometimes it's preach and teach, or teach and preach, whichever way you want to look at it, but yes, if you want to call me at 207-476-5063, uh, that's 
207-476-5063. Or you can email me at merchcom, that's M-U-R-C-H-C-O-M, at merchcom.com. It sounds a little bit like a play on words, but it's merchcom at merchcom.com. I would be more than happy uh, to meet with you, to pray with you, or to come to your organization, uh, your Bible study, your church, and uh, and certainly offer uh, the Great Commission and tell my story, testimony, and just do whatever I can uh, for you at that facility. Well, uh, again, I always like to end the broadcast with prayer. Would you pray for our listeners and also pray for healing for people today? Thank you. Yes, Father, we come here today and, and we pray that everybody uh, will have the opportunity, Father God, to hear the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of our Savior, the good news that we're not lost, that there is life eternal with you, Father God, at the right hand with Jesus. And the news is Jesus Christ. It is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And we pray today that all will have the opportunity to hear, and we pray for all of our Christian, the, the born-again Christians, to present that opportunity to the people. We pray that those seeking healing will receive healing. We pray that they will believe, they will present themselves, people will pray for them, and that healing will come about. We know that uh, at some point Jesus is coming back. We've heard that. But also in, I think it's Second Peter, God wants none to perish. So let's do our work. Father God, we pray that we do our work, that we let none perish, that we reach the message of gospel to everybody. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Greg. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments. <laughs>